Welcome to the Clear Cruise podcast. My name is Andy Harmer. I'm the Managing Director of Clear UK and Ireland and also your host for this month's podcast. Now, uh, we are going way back to April 2022 for when these interviews first took place at Sea Trade in Fort Lauderdale in America. And we had the opportunity to chat to two of the leading figures in the Australia and New Zealand cruise industry. Well, why are we playing them now? Well, firstly, uh, Cruise has restarted in both Australia and New Zealand, which is great news for both destinations. But also, some of the subjects that we cover, including sustainability and shoreside power, are as important now as they were back in April. So, in this episode of the Clear Cruise podcast, I'm chatting to Kevin O'Sullivan. He is the CEO at the New Zealand Cruise Association. But first, I was chatting to Philip Holliday. He is the CEO and Director of the Port Authority of New South Wales. I'll speak to you the other side. So I'm chatting to Philip Holliday. You are CEO and Director, Port Authority of New South Wales, which sounds like a great title. It is. It's, <laughs> uh, it's a great job. Uh, I've been uh, lucky enough to be in that role since December 2019. Uh, but I've worked at the Port Authority uh, which covers all of the commercial ports in uh, New South Wales, Australia since 2011. And most people, when they think New South Wales, think Sydney, but there's a few more you're are, responsible for. There are. So we have some, uh, some very small ports. Uh, in the north, there's a little place called Yamba, and in the south, Eden, which is uh, growing in cruise popularity. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have the larger commercial ports of um, Newcastle and Port Kembla. And we should start by saying that's not an Australian accent, but so how long have you been in Australia? Uh, so I came to Australia in 2011. Uh, prior to that, I was in the ports industry in the UK, uh, with my last role being the harbour master at the Port of Southampton. Ah, a well-known port for, for us Brits. Um, Indeed. And what does a harbour master do? Um, I, I suppose uh, I used to equip myself to the fat controller in... in, right. in, in uh, <laughs> in uh, train terms uh, so ensuring that the ships safely get in and out right. is, is the simplest way of doing it. everything that goes around that yeah that's the harbour master role and presumably particularly sydney um there is as much non-cruise traffic as there is cruise traffic so is there the similarities in that way that's right so funnily enough both southampton and and sydney are, are, were similar in that role it's it's that mix of all the recreational activity that's going on there alongside the the commercial activity, whether that be cruise or otherwise. Um, so it's about uh, harmony uh, yeah. and, and making sure it all works. And I was reading quite how much, from an Australia sense, quite how much cargo and trade is done through ports. I mean, it's the vast majority of trade that you're it, responsible for. It, it is, it is. So um, there's about, uh, you know, the, the statistics move about, but yeah. it's about 98, 99% of, of all the goods for Australia, are imported, exported through our ports. Wow. Um, so, uh, uh, Sydney itself, we talk Sydney, but there's Sydney and Port Botany, and, and most of the commercial trade has moved down to Port Botany. Okay. The cruise is still in, in Sydney. Uh, there's still a little bit of other stuff there as well. So, over the past couple of years, it's been a slightly different uh, setting for cruise. Uh, with, it has. With the pause in operations, but that, that's 
re very recently changed. It has. So uh, just on Easter Monday, uh, the 18th of April there, uh, the first cruise ship returned. Uh, so the Pacific Explorer came back to, to quite a spectacle of, of interest. Yeah. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be on the harbour on that day and, and the weather had turned on there. It's been <laughs> raining an awful in, in Australia for, so for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but for the return of the cruise ship, it was a glorious day. Uh, and hopefully that's a sign of things to come. And how important is cruise, not just for your ports that you look after, but actually the wider community in, in places like Sydney? Look, I think it's interesting that uh, when cruise was, so prior to the pandemic, yeah. cruise was something that, uh, that not everybody was tuned into. It had grown organically uh, over, over the years. And, um, and, and when that happens, it's often people don't realize quite how big it's got. Uh, when you turn it off, yeah. then suddenly people realise it's it's not there, and there's a there's a real excitement uh, about it coming back. Excitement, not f just for all of the all of the reasons around it's good to see these things and and the mm. and the hustle and the bustle, but excitement around the economic uh, injection that that's going to bring back to the the region. Yeah. Uh, so, it you know if we're looking for positives over the past couple of years, I think that's a real positive that people will appreciate the value of cruise going forward. That's interesting. Mm. And you, and you say it, it's grown uh, over the years. So in a, in a normal year, we'll call it a normal year, a normal operational year, how many ships would that be calling into places like Sydney? So in, in New South Wales, uh, we would have been expecting uh, around about 350 calls okay. uh, uh, pre-pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so a fair old number. And, and it's a real mix. So some of the some of the bigger ship, but also some of the expedition ships. That's right. That's right. Uh, we, we get the full range so we can take uh, the Ovation Quantum class. Right. Uh, and uh, but of course, we get the Ponent ships as well yeah. and, and all points in between. Yeah. Nice. So resumption, it, it, very exciting times for Australia with the, with the return of cruising. So next steps, um, and I guess in, in some ways it's been a step that we've been taking pre-pandemic, but I guess we're talking about it more, and that's sustainability. So how important is sustainability to you as a, as a port? Uh, look, again, I think uh, it's, it's a real driver for everybody. Um, uh, when, again, with, during, the, during the pandemic, with the absence of ships, um, you know, you... you you, you realise that it's important to get them back, but it's important to get them back in the right way. Right. Uh, and we all have to move forward and, and, and focus on that sustainability piece. Yeah. Uh, and so we've been doing a lot of work uh, and, uh, and we're, we recently announced that um, we'll be introducing shore power at one of our cruise terminals. It'll be the first cruise terminal in the Southern Hemisphere uh, wow. to have that. So we have two terminals in Sydney, the White Bay Cruise Terminal and the Overseas Passenger. So we're focusing on White Bay to begin with. Uh, for a host of technical reasons, uh, but then we'll move on to OPT in due course. And from a from a port perspective, how complicated is it to to get shore power? Because it's it's not as simple as having that available for a ship. It's not. So it'll, so we announced it, but it'll still take us a couple of years to get right. there because uh, it's a it's a sixty million dollar investment for us. We're not just doing the cruise terminal; we're doing the the other wow. commercial terminals as well. Um, but it's a, it's a, you know, essentially a, a, a three, four year project to, yeah. to get, to get this in, um, and, uh, and and a lot of time and effort will be focused on that. But uh, what we did before we announced it was we went and we spoke to uh, all of our major customers uh, and got letters of intent from them. So right. we've uh, we've got agreement with Carnival, with Royal Caribbean, with MSC, 
uh, around, we'll put it in, they'll use it. Which is, a, which is a big driver for us putting it in as well. Sure. And essentially it means that the ships, when they're parked up, when they're berthed, they can switch off their normal... Exactly right. Yeah. So, so they, they, they come along, they switch off their engines, uh, they plug into the, sh the, the, the power supply, which we also announced would be from renewable sources. Right. Uh, and, uh, and away we go. Because that is important, actually, where that power supply comes from it, it absolutely yeah. it's uh, you know this is not a case of shifting things around sure. and, and uh, this is this is making a positive difference and was that well supported locally and by the extremely yeah. you know that the the local residents around the white bay cruise terminal have been campaigning for some time and uh, and we've been listening to that but we, you need the planets to align before you can make that kind of investment yeah. uh, and and they have uh, and so there's there's great excitement uh, and, and great support. And when will you be able to switch on? I know you said it's a couple of years. Yeah, so 2024 will be the first, uh, the first opportunity um, and, uh, uh, and that can't come soon enough. Yeah. yeah. Now you mentioned Eden earlier because we've been talking a lot about Sydney. We should just mention Eden because as you say, there's been, there's, that's been growing its cruise business. It has. So, that, so a new uh, wharf was built there a couple of years ago. So it hasn't had the the amount of use that we would have liked, of right. course. Um, but uh, uh, if we if we rolled back uh, three or four years, we were getting maybe a dozen, 15 calls at, at Eden. Uh, when the wharf uh, came into service, uh, we were expecting 35 calls. Uh, and so we're anticipating real uh, rapid growth yeah. at, at, at that uh, faci facility in that town. and. Uh, course those that have been will realize why it's such a beautiful place yeah. um, so uh, where is it exactly so, I mean, excuse my geography but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Eden is um, if you were to if you were daft enough to drive it it was it's seven <laughs> hours south of Sydney south, okay. um, um, but it's on the uh, it's on the Queen, um, Victoria New South Wales border okay yeah. and we should just ask because uh, Again, we've been talking a lot about Sydney. So New South Wales, the cruises that depart from Sydney head where generally? Uh, so um, New Zealand is a, is a really popular destination. Yeah. Or, the, or the Pacific Islands, so Vanuatu, Numea and, and, and the like. Okay. Uh, and, and of course up and down the coast as well. So uh, up to, uh, dare I say, up to Brisbane or uh, potentially down to uh, Melbourne and, and Hobart. But New Zealand and the islands are the, are the primary destinations. Yeah beautiful destinations as they well. Um, we're speaking to you from Sea Trade. You can probably hear some of the background noise if you're listening, but um, how important is it to come to something like Sea Trade? Um, look, I think it's always important to come not only to hear um, what's going on uh, in the industry, yeah. uh, but we take the opportunity uh, to, to, to meet our customers uh, and, and every business should, should take that opportunity. So uh, this is a real uh, um, you know, I've had to explain in great detail to my wife that I've, I'm just <laughs> running around non-stop uh, meeting people. Uh, it's just a fantastic opportunity. It's a great setting, you're right. It, and it's difficult to explain. Yes, I'm going to Miami, but it is for work. That's right, <laughs> it is, it is, honestly. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us and good luck with all of your plans for Sydney. Thanks for having me. So Kevin, thank you very much indeed for taking time to talk to us. Why don't you tell us a bit about the organisation that you represent? It's where I represent the New Zealand Cruise Association. Um, we've been, um, under various guises, we've been busy in New Zealand representing uh, 
people who are affected by a cruise, uh, all the major ports, for example, our regional tourism organisations, uh, and many other entities are represented by New Zealand Cruise Association. We've been operating since 1994, uh, at, at a time when there's probably only about one ship coming into the right. country. Uh, and pre-COVID, um, it was it was a major um, cruise was a major part of New Zealand's tourist business. We have a, a little saying about cruise, and that is that if cruise were a country, then uh, it would be the third largest source oh, wow. of people coming to New Zealand after Australia. Australia right. is massive. Sure. China large as well. The third would be um, would be cruise. So. Wow. It plays a very significant role. So our, our organisation um, liaises with the cruise lines, we liaise with government departments, and we also have, um, as I said, a range of different um, companies such as ports and uh, regional tourism organisations, and smaller operators as well too, right. who look to us to build that relationship with cruise lines yeah. um, that they in, ten, in turn can benefit from. And for those who don't know New Zealand very well, in terms of your key ports and key places that those ships go to, give us an idea. Yeah, well, the, the um, largest um, cruise turnaround in particular would be Auckland, which is also our largest city. Right. So a typical cruise would um, generally start either in New Zealand or in Australia, uh, and it would go around the countries beginning in Auckland. It may go up north the Bay of Islands, which is a beautiful place, and then it would go to Tauranga, uh, Napier, Wellington, uh, Picton, uh, down to Christchurch and Dunedin and, and usually ending in, um, in the lovely Milford Sound before it heads back to Australia. Um, and we've got numerous secondary ports as well too. And all in all we generally have around about 17 ports in New Zealand. Wow. But some of them are more destinations than ports I have to say. Yeah. Um, but part of what we do, particularly when we work on behalf of our ports, is to build up their relationship to encourage crews to come to some of our, our secondary ports, uh, which was developed um, quite well over the years. And, and I guess the nice thing about New Zealand is you get a real mixture of ships and sizes and nationalities. Yeah, we do. And of course, the great thing about the country is that um, you leave a port at six o'clock in the evening, um, you have great entertainment on board. And then in the morning you're in a brand new location. Right. There's very few sea days um, between ports okay. in New Zealand, uh, so that's that's quite a quite a benefit. Um, and it's a benefit to us as well too, because the the money comes into right. to our various yeah. ports um, yeah. rather than staying on board the ship. And, and then in terms of your main season, is that's presumably your summer months? Well, it is. It used to be um, almost all entirely from October through to March. It was expanded into April, um, and uh, then bit by bit we've um, backed into the winter months as well too. So quite a large proportion of um, the build-up and cruise in the last few years has been wintertime cruising to the Pacific Islands out of um, Auckland. Oh, wow. So that was, uh, pre-pandemic, that was quite a building market. Yeah. And it's a time of the year when um, New Zealanders just feel like getting away from it. Yeah. And they can either uh, fly to a Pacific island or they can hop on a cruise ship in Auckland and, um, yeah. and take advantage of everything that it offers, have a leisurely trip and get off in Fiji and whatnot um, and have a really great time. And then uh, in terms of the importance of cruise, so 
presumably those coastal communities really benefit from, from cruise tourism. Yeah, they do. And it's become more obvious, of course, as we've right. been locked down for so long, uh, how important um, cruise has been to the um, to smaller communities. It's been very important, though, to the larger areas, like Auckland, for example, um, downtown in the CBD. And many of the people who um, whose businesses, particularly retailers who are downtown, didn't appreciate how big cruise was for them until it wasn't there anymore. Right. And so they uh, they've joined um, in with us in asking the government to please open because um, they realise how beneficial cruise is to their economy as well too. So but in these smaller regions, yeah, it's a very big part of, um, of summer income. Yeah. We notice things like, um, oh, you know, like small village uh, markets, for example, um, they were they were deriving enormous benefit from cruise, uh, and they're wanting to know when's cruise coming back because, you know, I've knitted tea cozies and right. I, I need a market for my tea cozies and and your guys in the passenger ship used really? to buy a lot of them. <laughs> Who knows what they did with them? Maybe they wore them as hats. I don't know. But um, yeah, those sorts of peripheral markets that you don't really hear about much benefit hugely through our regions from cruise. And and. The listeners to our podcast can probably hear the noise around us. We're at Sea Trade, I should point out, and we're actually on the ex- expedition uh, exhibition hall. Um, and earlier we were listening to comments by Claire on the main stage, and it was talking about the benefits of cruise tourism to small and medium-sized businesses. Mm. So it is literally those small businesses that benefit, as you said. Yes, it is. And um, I, we always point out to them, because people want to run, run a business 12 months of the year. Yeah. And we're seasonal. So um, they will have built up a successful business um, for international tourism. But we haven't had international tourism at all, yeah. including cruise. Yeah. So they um, realise how important tourism is to their economy. And the uh, icing on the top and the cherry on top of the icing on the top <laughs> is cruise as well too. So without cruise um, feeding into the main sector of international tourism, it's been very difficult for those players right. to continue operating and they've had to migrate into other fields. Most of them are people who love other people. Yeah. They love being in business, they love being in tourism. Right. They'll come back uh, and they'll work with us. Um, when It's going to be a long, slow process, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, you can't get out of business for two years and have no income. And then find no, exactly. But, you know, people who are in tourism and are in cruise, they love what they do. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously we've been through a very challenging time and, and in many ways some of those restrictions still apply. But looking ahead, uh, the opportunities for future growth, um, presumably the, some of that investment in cruise tourism in New Zealand has also continued. Well, we're, pre-pandemic we, were, um, we had a curtailed season. We were on track to be a $600 million um, cruise economy. Wow. And that was direct benefit to the New Zealand economy. Yeah. Uh, we were on track to be a, um, a billion-dollar economy, which is not to be sneezed at. No, indeed. Uh, we will probably recommence to some degree at round about the 400 to 500 million New Zealand dollars. So it's, it's still quite, a, quite it's a big economy. Absolutely. And we'll build on that in a very sustainable manner now. We've, we've learned how to do these things. We'll build sustainably up again to a very large um, business, I think, throughout New Zealand. And I just can't wait for the uh, day when those beautiful big ships are um, downtown. And people are missing them. They're missing the vibrant nature 
that cruise passengers bring to downtown. You can tell cruise passengers, we, we don't dress as well in New Zealand as many <laughs> cruise passengers do. And you can, um, you can spot um, particularly an American cruise passenger looking very, very dapper <laughs> compared to the locals who are wearing shorts and jandals. So that element is missing. Yeah. Um, the happiness of a holiday maker coming into downtown is missing as well too. So yeah, by the end of the year in October we would definitely have cruise back. Fantastic. Well, we wish you well with your uh, arriving back cruise guests and uh, the season, and thank you for talking. Thank you, Anne. It's great to be here at Sea Trade. And that's just about all we have got time for on this episode of the Clear Cruise podcast. Big thanks to Kevin and Philip for both sharing their insights on the New Zealand and Australia cruise industry, but also for discussing some of those big topics that the whole global cruise and maritime industry is facing around things like shoreside power. We will no doubt return to those subjects in due course in the coming months and years. Uh, so thank you for listening. There is, of course, a huge back catalogue of Clear Cruise podcasts on the Clear website. Just head to cruising.org. But for now, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time. <laughs>